It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to SLC Dunk Podcast. Back with my regular co-host, Calvin Chapel. Welcome back, Calvin. Thanks. Uh, we've had a few, we've had an off-season at SLC Dunk, and but we're finally back in the swing of things. And a few news items have happened since we last met. Uh, some items of note may have uh, occurred. One of those is the Jazz traded a guy named Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if anyone listening to this has heard. But Donovan Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell is now a Cleveland Cavalier. And uh, first off, how I guess we can talk about it a little bit. How surprised were you, Calvin, when we found out it was the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, I was pretty surprised. They had been rumored at some point, a couple of times they'd been mentioned, but it had never really been reported that there were serious talks going on. They, that must have been kept pretty well under wraps. And, you know, looking at – everyone was just looking at what can each team offer, and the Knicks had the most picks to offer. So everyone just kind of zeroed in on the Knicks are the team because they can offer more than anyone else. But they didn't want to offer all of them, so that brought them down to the same level as a lot of other teams. And so I wasn't surprised – well – I was still surprised that it wasn't the Knicks, but I knew that there was a possibility it could be someone else. I had not thought about the Cavs. And yeah. once it happened, though, I just thought that makes a lot of sense for Cleveland. They've got they've got this awesome core right in the same age group and like with different talents, different – like it looks like on paper there can be a really, really good team for a long time. I agree. The, the Cavs are going to be just – a very they're going to be a league pass team for years i mean just a lot of fun garland mitchell evan mobley they're going to be a blast and it makes sense that they would go for donovan mitchell and and he fits like you said their timeline it's perfect i am going to be a Cavs fan this year in a lot of ways just to see how donovan does because i think that'll be fascinating how well does donovan do outside of of utah's system and and what does that look like? It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I also did a lot of partying and a lot of uh, Twitter activities after the Jazz decided to give a middle finger to Leon Rose and the New York Knicks. That was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done. I actually did a cheer. I can't even, where was I? I, oh, I think I was just, oh my gosh, I think I was just working from home and you see that tweet come through from Woj on my notifications and I just, <laughs> oh, the poor Knicks fans who had been battling us on Twitter for days. And hey, wait, I thought that the Knicks had all of the, they had all of the leverage. I, I know they had all the leverage, right? They they had, there was no one else the Jazz could trade with. 
I mean, I guess, and you know, all jokes aside, we had heard like rumors and I think I had even written about a couple rumors. Um, man, this was rumor city, by the way, for the last two months on the site, but like, and we still got it. We still have three veterans on the team that are likely getting traded here soon. We can talk about that in a minute, but, um, we had heard that like rumors and I think Tony Jones had talked about it a little bit that the jazz had like, the jazz had some interest in like Colin Sexton, but like, it was very much like a lukewarm thing. I don't think, but it sounds like they, that deal got done pretty fast with Cleveland. Once the jazz kind of decided they weren't going to do uh, anything with the Knicks, uh, it sounds like that deal moved pretty quick. And once they found out they were going to get the three unprotected picks and, and Colin Sexton was on the board, then it happened. Um, I guess I, because we've got the deal with the Cavs done and we can kind of, it kind of looks like the Jazz got a really, really good deal. Like you mentioned that the Knicks had the best deal. That's what the, that's what New York media has been telling us and trying to <laughs> trying to convince us. But all of a sudden we've got players, Larry Markinen, the finisher, uh, in in Eurobasket. That's a great oh, nickname. I absolutely love it. I mean, honestly, I think we need like a t-shirt. I might make one that just goes finish him in the Mortal Kombat. Uh <laughs> Finish with the two ends. Yeah, exactly. But uh, let's see. Larry Markkinen looks fantastic in Eurobasket. We have Colin Sexton, who a couple years ago was looking like a kind of like a high level scorer in the league. I mean, he averaged like 20 to 25 points. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he can really score and he's coming off injury. So who knows how. And then the Jazz get uh, Ochai Abaji who in the summer league was lighting it up from three. Uh, it looks like a really good deal. And that doesn't include the unprotected picks. That's I believe 2025, 2027 and 2029. I was talking to people at work and someone asked like, how old will you be in 2029? And it hurt my feelings immediately. <laughs> we are, I don't know if Danny Ainge will even be the GM of the jazz in 2029. Who even knows? It's so far out. It's wild. So, and those are world, the world about. could end before that. So. I know the Great Salt Lake might be gone. It's uh, probably who knows? Gone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I guess I thought we've had Eurobasket going on right now. I thought it'd be kind of fun to just talk a little bit about what we've seen. Um, I guess to start, let's talk about Larry Markinen. Uh, what have you seen from Larry Markinen, and is he going to keep us from getting uh, Victor Wembanyama? <laughs> yeah, well, Markinen is killing it in the Eurobasket. He's honestly been probably a top five player over there right now. He's averaging almost 28 points, shooting well over 50, 40, 90, and carrying Finland. They just beat Croatia, which is a really good team with our guy Bojan, and they're, they're a solid team, and they've been that way for a while, and so he just knocked them out of the tournament. And he's looking like everything people hoped he would be. He's he's that guy that came into the league with the height, the length, the athleticism, and the shooting that you just don't normally see of someone that tall. And so there's always the comparisons to guys like Kevin Durant. And, you know, of course, he's not reached that level or even close to it. But he looks like it in this in the Eurobasket. He's looking like that type of player. It's not the NBA, and he's playing against NBA players. It's a really good competition, but it's not the NBA, and it's a different game. And it's also a small sample size, so we can't just be expecting him to be a star 
immediately, but we're seeing the potential that he has. He's had that potential his whole career. And if he can unlock it, if, you know, if he can settle into a good system with a new coach and figure out his game as he grows, he's only, was he 24 or 25? He still has a lot of room to grow. And so we're seeing flashes of his potential and we can, from there, just hope that he's going to be that player from now on. If that makes the Jazz good, then you know that's the price you have to be willing to pay because that would mean he's a really good player, and we did. <laughs> you want good players? Yeah, he's one of those reclamation projects that maybe he's like a comeback player. Although I kind of I don't want him to be too good. I want the Jazz to be bad, but they're starting to scare me. Yeah, Markinen's twenty five. Just while you were saying that, I was looking at the Crow race. I mean, you know, it's still. It's not like an, a team of all-stars, but Boyan Bogdanovich is a legit, uh, a, you know, high-level NBA starter. Ivica uh, Zubox, I always forget how to say his name. Zubok, he's that center for the Cleveland or for the Los Angeles Clippers. Dario Saric, who everyone knows, uh, and Mario Hazonia is on that team. So, NBA-level talent. Uh, Mario Hazonia is not in the league anymore, but he was a, at one point a top ten pick in the league, I believe, and so uh no small thing now i think there is a little element of like we got to be careful because like some of these players do really good in Eurobasket, and it's just different than coming to the nba it's just not the same you're not playing against nba guys every night and so but larry markin in the last game against this croatia team 43 points uh you don't just drop 43 points I mean, that's just not, that's not nothing. And so who knows, maybe under Will Hardy, he can kind of find that ceiling that maybe he hasn't quite hit. We know he can shoot lights out. That was part of what was so appealing about him. And he is big, like he has good size. And so there is some untapped potential there. And he is, like you said, he's only 25. So uh, I think the big thing with Markinen is just injuries. But if he's healthy now, if he's kind of figured it out, maybe the jazz kind of stumbled onto or not stumbled onto, but maybe they have a really cool reclamation project on their hands. So that's been exciting to see. Uh, let's see the other guys that the jazz got. We have, who do you want to talk about? We got Colin Sexton. Yeah. I'm really excited about our new rookie. Um, Ochai Abaji. Um, I hope yes. I'm saying that right. Um, He's someone that I was looking at in the draft, even though, you know, the Jazz didn't have any picks. We were still looking and writing about everyone. <laughs> um, he was one of my top choices for that late lottery range because he's just the type of guy that you look at his game in college and you have a hard time seeing him not sticking around for a long time in the NBA. He's a legitimate three-point shooter, which – there are a lot of guys who have the potential to be three-point shooters, but there are not that many that come through the draft that are already elite three-point shooters, and he's one of them. He was hitting over 40% overall. He's doing that all over the court. He's doing it off the catch, off curls, off screens, some off the dribble, not a ton, but some, and still hitting those same numbers everywhere on the court. And it's that's the type of shooting that you just – if you – if you have his size and athleticism and that shooting, you're going to be on an NBA roster. And so that his floor is already really high. And so his ceiling 
maybe isn't as high as some other lottery picks, but he can still be a really, really solid, you know, role player because he can hit those threes. He's a very good cutter. He's a high level athlete. He was a big, big time lob threat at Kansas where they, they set up a lot of plays for alley oops for him because he's just that above the rim type of player when he's got a runway. And so, and then his, uh, his defense as well shows a lot of potential. He's young, so it'll probably take time to settle in and figure out how to be a really good defender. But he's got that perfect prototype 3 and D game that if it translates, he can be a building block for the Jazz when they try to come back up out of out of the bottom of the league. They can have a starter that they've already been developing through the tank, and then he can be a solid rotation piece for us day one. Mm-hmm. One thing, so I'm looking at his combine things here, and without shoes, six foot four and a half, with shoes, six five and a half, pretty solid size. He's likely a shooting guard, mm-hmm. ideally, because um, he's not like a break you down ball handler. He really is kind of your prototypical shooting guard, yeah. kind of a three and D shooting guard, basically. But he is like in elite shape. He was at 5.4% body fat. He, one thing that's exciting, he's six foot four, five, whatever you want to say, 6'10 wingspan. Um, and he's an athlete. So he can, he can, so he has potential to be a really nice player. And if you're the Jazz and you're hoping to be, like, let's say the Jazz miss out on the number one pick and we all cry ourselves to sleep. If you get like a Scoot Henderson and you have your starting guard, I could see Ochai being a future starting shooting guard next to someone like Scoot. And that would be a really fun backcourt if Ochai develops into what he think he, we think he can. But if he can show that he can defend on NBA level, I was I spoke to Rafael Barlow a few weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that at some point. Really good interview. But he talked about Ojai, Ochai and just said that he, like we're talking about, he says from everything he saw, he just looks like a very good 3 and D NBA player and that he can guard one through three. And that's a versatile player that, you know, you can do a lot with. And in summer league, Abaji was like lighting it up like he was shooting the lights out. And so the guy he kind of makes me think of just just kind of watching him in college and just watching highlights and that's all I, you know, that's all we really have access to, but he kind of looks to me a little there's a little buddy healed to to me that I see in him. Uh and there's similar stories in a way. 4 years of college, they can shoot the lights out. They're actually pretty similar in size. Um and so if uh Abaji is like a and uh, you know that's a pretty high thing. Buddy Heald is like one of the all-time shooters. If you go look yeah. at the numbers, he is like one of the elite, elite shooters we've seen in the last 10 years. He is fantastic. So I don't know if Ochai can shoot it like him, but we he definitely has potential. But if you have a uh, like a Buddy Heald light that can defend, that is a pretty darn good player. That is a really nice player. So I I thought that was just a fantastic pickup. And when you consider... The Jazz had three unprotected picks plus Ochai. You can argue you got four first-round picks yeah. for Donovan. Exactly, and this is this is the time right now since we're the Jazz are building up all these draft picks. We're hoping that we're, we're going to be able to get our franchise cornerstone player in the next couple of drafts. Hopefully, the next draft, since the Jazz are likely going to be tanking to the bottom of the standings this year. That's where we're hoping to get our cornerstone player. But what we're doing now is trying to find the players that we're putting around him. And 
and we're going to have the time. We're going to have a few years to do that, but we're going to start right now. So we're hoping that Obaji can be one of those guys. You can hope someone like Sexton or uh, Markinen can be those guys. And so we're building up all the talent that we can. We figure out who's going to stick and who's not, and then we can go from there, and hopefully we can find that cornerstone that we can build these guys around. Uh, you just mentioned Colin Sexton, and I think there's some interesting things. Um, maybe I'll just tell you what I was thinking a little bit. I was listening to Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks, and Bobby Marks said something that I thought was really interesting. Um, and I think it's kind of what the Knicks were trying to sell the Jazz on, is I believe and a lot of people have mentioned that once the Knicks did that thing where they signed, signed RJ Barrett and said, this is the deadline. That was basically the end of trade talks with the jazz and the Knicks. Um, and what I think they were trying to sell the jazz on was that, you know, we're giving you two unprotected picks and RJ Barrett. And I, and Bobby Marks said that they believe that RJ Barrett's worth two first round picks. So it's like this idea that we're giving you four first round picks because you can trade RJ Barrett for two first round picks. And, and that's an interesting idea. And I, and he said, he thought that the jazz were likely that's what they were going to do. So I thought that was a really interesting idea. And so it made me think, well, maybe that's kind of the plan with Colin Sexton. Maybe it's like we bring out Colin Sexton. He plays 32 minutes a night. He scores 20 to 25 points a game, whatever it is. If he's, you know, hopefully, because hopefully he's healthy because uh, he's coming off a pretty serious injury last year. Uh, and maybe it is just come trade deadline. Maybe you're moving Colin Sexton to the Lakers or something. Or maybe you're moving him to some team that's like, you know, maybe it's the Grizzlies or who needs like another school. I don't know. Just a team out there that's trying to win and wants a player on a four or five year contract. And that's it's seventy two million, I believe, over four years. I can't remember exactly. That's, I mean, that's a pretty big contract, and I'm sure Colin Sexton, Sexton's excited about that coming off injury. But that's a tradable contract. That is like something that you can definitely move to a team looking to get another scorer on their team. And so, if the Jazz can kind of recoup his value, he's either someone they can move. Or you just keep him. Maybe you say, hey, we'd like Colin Sexton to be part of the future. Uh, I think, I don't know if Colin Sexton has really proven to be a good defender. Um, or at least, I I like his effort and I like the passion I see from him and fire. And and so it'll be interesting to see what he looks like this year. Maybe, maybe it was just a Cavs system that wasn't very good. And sometimes numbers can be deceiving, like... You know, maybe there's other things going on, you know, because the Jazz have like the number one defense in the league and then they go in the, the playoffs with Rudy Gobert and they can't stop anybody. So it's like something here is not like coming through the numbers. So anyways, I, I think it's like fascinating to see what he looks like, how well he plays. What what do you think the Jazz are going to do? Well, Sexton's an interesting one because he his timing with the Cavs was just all kinds of weird. He came in. When they were, he was one of their lottery picks when they were at the bottom of the league. And he had a chance, you know, a couple of years to put up numbers to be their guy that's just going to put up numbers on a bad team. And he did it. He put up like 24 points a game. Honestly, fairly pretty good efficiency, especially for a young, high volume guard. Um, and so he, he put up the numbers and then he got injured. 
right when the rest of his team was starting to, you know, improve internally and they got, they drafted Mobley, Garland got a lot better. They traded for Allen and all of a sudden their team got really good without him. And they, then they see that they don't need him and he becomes an asset instead of uh, someone to build around. And so he just kind of became the odd man out in Cleveland and we still don't really know what he is as a player. We, we've really only seen, you know, a short amount of time when he's young of who he is. And so this is his time. He's, he's on a huge prove it sort of contract where they gave him, you know, it's, it's great money, but probably not what he had hoped for a couple of years ago. And so he's got to prove it now. And he's got a, he's got this chance again where he's going to be the guy or at least one of the guys that is just going to have the ball all the time. And yeah, I think you're right. When you're talking about how the jazz could trade him, I'm sure they've got their options open there right now. They have ultimate flexibility. The jazz don't need to commit to anybody on the roster right now. Every single person is expendable. They're all, they're all just going to, hopefully the jazz are going to give all the young guys all the opportunities that they can get. And if they prove that there's someone that we want long-term then the jazz will commit to them. And if not, they can be used as a trade asset. I, you know, it just made me think, I, I honestly think the culture is going to, it's weird to say, but I think the culture of the jazz is going to be better because players are going to understand they could be traded. And I know the last three years that was like, it was like a curse word with some jazz fans. Like, Oh, you could possibly trade Boyan McDonavich. How dare you say such a thing? Like, <laughs> and it's like, no, what happens is it's like the jazz have kind of cleaned house and I do expect them. And maybe we can talk about that next. Uh, like, I think Boyan's going to get traded here soon. I think um, we've heard rumors about Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley too. Uh, by the way, the jazz have like 19 players on the roster. It's yeah. kind of, like there's going to be a few more trades, but I do think like the culture of this jazz team where it's like, you have to earn your spot on the team, not only just to like earn a spot, maybe in the starting roster, but also just to be on the team. Like if you want to be on this team, you have to perform where I think in years past, the jazz had this culture where it's like, these are who the starters are. That's it. And like, maybe we kind of look, play around with the bench but even the bench was just pretty much set in stone for years and i think over time that culture of just like zero accountability really caused problems and i think we kind of saw some of that last year in the playoffs like some guys are just like hey whether i play whether i defend or not it doesn't really matter i'm still getting my contract i'm still gonna play and then i think there's guys that were on the bench that were probably like what is the point like it's just so anyways, I actually think in a weird way that helps the culture of the team. Um, and that brings me to the other thing. We haven't really talked about Will Hardy. I am fascinated to see Will Hardy coach, what that looks like. I, you know, how connected is he to the front office? Cause we know Quinn and Dennis Lindsay had just like, they clashed and it'll be interesting to just see what his, what he is at, like as a coach, what, what the jazz look like on the floor. Uh, I don't know. I have to say this upcoming season is one of the more interesting and I know the Jazz are going to lose a lot of games and hopefully they do, but it's also going to be one of the more interesting seasons we've seen in a while just because there's so many unknowns. There are so many wild cards like 
what if Walker Kessler's pretty good? <laughs> like, what if what if he like goes into preseason and has like 10 blocks in one game and you're like, oh my gosh, what in the world? So I, I just think there's like so many what are I guess maybe that's my question. What are some of the things you're kind of excited with at least this current roster? What are what do you think is gonna be some of the what are the things you're excited to see? I want to see who's going to step up as a leader of the team because there is not a clear leader. I mean, obviously, Will Hardy is going to come in as the head coach and he's going to have to establish his own leadership. But on the court, I don't know who is leader. Obviously, we have the veterans, Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovic, Jordan Clarkson, but even them, none of them have been the leader of this team. It's been a Donovan and Rudy-led team, and these guys have all been support players. We don't know how long those veterans will be on the team. It really could – they could be on the team all year or maybe up until the trade deadline. It just depends on when the Jazz find a trade for them. So you'd expect to see some leadership from those guys if they're playing. But I want to see from the rest of the group who's going to step up, who's going to – I think we can expect Colin Sexton to – you know, have a be a high volume playmaker. I think we can expect Markinen to take a lot of shots. I even think that um, Fontecchio, the the Jazz signing from Italy, who's also killing it over in the Eurobasket, I think he may surprise some people oh, because that's another guy. He is a he's a volume shooter, and he's a scorer. And this team is just wide open anybody can come in and just take the reins so i be i'm excited to see who it's going to be if it's one of those guys if if the old guard stays in and and maintains leadership or if someone else claims the you know team captain the unofficial team captain role mm -hmm. yeah fontecchio that's the other guy i mean he's lighting it up in euro league he so just a little bit about him he's six foot eight he can really shoot it. Um, I have not, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a ton of EuroLeague, uh, but he's going to be fun to watch. Like he might be a really solid rotation player. I, one thing we've kind of noticed too with what Danny Ainge is doing is a lot of these players they're picking up are big. They're pretty big and pretty long and they have size. And um, so, uh, Colin Sexton's not too big. Um, I actually think. My prediction for Colin Sexton is he turns into a very nice sixth man type player, kind of like a Jordan Clarkson where he can come in, he can score, you give him the ball for 15, 20 minutes a game, and he can come up and and give you 15 to 20 points a game. And I think that's like his ideal role. I don't know if that's what he wants to be, but I just, just from watching him, I think that's kind of what might be best for him, but. Man, I think, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Fontecchio because he might be. <laughs> and the other thing is he might be not great in the NBA. Like we kind of talked about that before the podcast. Like the one thing about Eurobasket and the Olympics and all these things is it's kind of a different sport in a lot of ways. And certain yeah. players that do really well in those, it doesn't always translate. Like Nando DiColo was a pretty good sixth man type player for the Spurs on a pretty average Spurs team and he looks like an all-star for France sometimes like you're like when you're rooting for France and rooting for Rudy you're like can we get Nando Cole back in you know <laughs> like and in the NBA he's a fringe NBA player you know so uh 
it's not to say that Larry Markkinen won't be this great thing. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. That's what's super interesting. Fontecchio the same way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I yeah, know. maybe it's oh, always it's great to see this episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify dot com slash special offer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The stats and the, and the big games from these guys, but you can't, you can't just expect those to translate one-to-one. What you're looking for is just how they perform and how they look on the court. Like today we saw um, Fontecchio going up against Serbia and he was, he, he's kind of the leader of that Italian team now, even though he's not one of the older guys there. There are older, more experienced, and you know, longtime NBA players on that roster, but he's kind of taken over as their lead scorer. And he closed out the game with a steal on Nikola Jokic and a tough oh, end really? basket <laughs> uh, at the other end is and kind of sealed the game against them. And we saw Markinen going up against uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, I'll make sure I'm not mixing up my games. I believe it was Markinen against. Doncic and and so you're seeing these guys going against NBA stars, not just stars, but like the best of the best. You've got right. Giannis Antetokounmpo, you've got Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic. They're all over there. We have three legit MVP caliber players that are over playing in this Euro League in Euro Basket, and a bunch of other NBA players as well. And so yeah, it's not the same game. It's not the same level. Styles are different. It's not a one-to-one translation, but you can still see how someone, how a player can go up against an NBA superstar and how they handle themselves. Yeah, I mean, Fontecchio has like the measurements too. He's six eight. I mean, he's big. So, you know, there's a world where he comes over and it does just translate, and he's just a nice, you know, 
I mean, he who's the who's the rooster? What's his name? The Spanish player. Like maybe he comes over and he's like, what's his name? He just got traded to the Celtics, but then he then he just got injured, but uh, or he got picked up. I can't remember. The rooster. What's his name? <laughs> Anyways, he reminds me of him a tiny bit, and I could see him being an effective. Gallinari. Gallinari, Gallo. There we go. Kind of reminds me of Danilo Gallinari a little bit, where he's like this tall shooter that has learned to really like be an effective NBA player offensively. Defensively, he's not all that great, but he's been a really nice offensive NBA player for years. Great NBA career. Yeah, and that's who he kind of reminds me of a little bit. Um, I know they're both Euros, but Spontecchio's six eight. That's pretty big. Like that's. That's starting to get into nice size for a wing. So who knows? Uh, all right. I wanted to um, talk a little bit. You mentioned them a little bit before. The Jazz still have players from last year's team. They haven't cleared the deck um, quite yet. I kind of wanted to go through the roster really fast, at least with the old vets. And you tell me if they're going to be on the team or not. <laughs> And I guess and we did hear a rumor, and I think I wrote about it. Like, the Jazz believe that Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, and Boyan Bogdanovich are each individually worth a first-round pick. So we'll see. I mean, one thing we've learned about Danny Ainge, once he says this is what their value is, that's what he sticks to. And it's kind of amazing. Um, all right, we'll start off. Is Jordan Clarkson on the Utah Jazz this season? Uh, he probably plays some games. I bet he's gone at deadline. Yeah, I could see that. I we've heard rumors with like the Bucks, um, and a few other teams. I can't remember. Oh, I think the Lakers a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just think about any time the Jazz are playing, and Jordan Clarkson has one of his games where he's just lighting it up, and. Just think about that in the last couple of years, and you're reading the comments from the fans of the other team, and they're just going, "Why don't? Why doesn't our bench have a Jordan Clarkson? <laughs> why can't why we have Jordan Clarkson? Every team wants a guy that can come off the bench and just light it up. I mean, uh, Clarkson has his ups and downs, but he is a plug-and-play player that fits for any team because any team just needs that shot creation that he brings and just the energy. I think there's probably at least half the league that is looking at what they can trade for a guy like Jordan Clarkson or Bojan Bogdanovic because they just those two players I think can fit any team and and be valuable. I yeah I think I I love Jordan Clarkson he's been a lot of fun. I think he's traded at some point although there is a part of me that's like let's keep him and let just let. Uh, Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson um, fight over possessions and lose a lot of games. And I would not be sad about that. All right, next, Bojan Bogdanovich. Yeah, I think he's probably our next guy traded. I Like I said just a second ago, I think a lot of teams want a 6'8 guy who can shoot 40% from three and put up 19 points a game. Like, how do you not want that on your team? And he's on a pretty – pretty good contract it's not a huge commitment for a team if you're if you're a playoff team there's no reason you shouldn't want Boyan Bogdanovich on your roster 
So. Oh yeah, he has. I mean, one of the things he's one of those players that's so valuable because you really can't put him on any team. I mean, he fits with. I I mean, who doesn't want a six eight lights out shooter? Uh, that is proven. Uh, NBA, you know, elite shooter. Uh, we've heard multiple rumors. I I can't remember who it was. It might have been Woj. I can't remember. But they mentioned like there's like three or four teams out there that really want Bojan. So I just would kind of I honestly think in the next week I'm going to be writing a trade article, but it's just a matter of who. Uh, I wonder they on I my guess right now is Danny Ainge is just still kind of deciding which offer he likes best. I'm I would assume that's kind of what's going on, but I think I don't know. I just don't think Bojan's too good. Like we don't want Bojan. Yeah, ran randomly winning us a game on a Thursday. Like we, like, <laughs> if like Colin Sexton has a bonkers night and we win a game, I'm fine with that. But Boyan's such a good shooter and he spreads the floor so much that it's just, yeah. I don't. And I, if you're I, giving 30 minutes a game to Boyan Bogdanovich, you're not giving 30 minutes a game to Markinen or to Fontecchio or you know whoever or. Yeah, exactly. one of these young guys we want uh, want to develop is not going to get those minutes. It's the same thing that Jazz had when Al Jefferson and Paul Millsap were still here, and we were all mad at Ty, Ty Corbin for playing them more minutes because we wanted to see what the young guys can do, and that's what we're going to want to see this year too. Well, can, can we just say how amazing it is to have a front office that has a clear direction? Yeah. I mean, my gosh, it's just so nice. Well, I let's see. Mike Conley, I actually think this is a play- – <laughs> I'll just give my quick little two cents. I don't know if the Jazz can trade him. I I'm not sure he has like positive trade value. I think. Okay, you tell me. What do you think? I think he's much more difficult to trade because yeah, he's not Bojan Bogdanovic that fits every team because not every team needs a point guard. What he does is not easy to be just an off-ball player. Bojan can be off-ball. He can he can give up possessions to the lead guy, but Mike Conley's got to be, he's got to take control of a team, at least be their second guy. He can't just kind of hide in the sides, even though he's an elite shooter. If you, if you're getting Mike Conley, you're getting him to handle the ball. That's what he does really well. He controls an offense. And so there's so many, the, the number of teams that are going to be interested in Mike Conley is a much smaller number because they just, there's not that many teams that need a veteran point guard. I do think that a trade very well could happen, and it sounds like there were serious talks about it with the Lakers, um, including you know the Jazz taking back the Westbrook contract, probably buying him out and, and getting some picks along with that for Conley and maybe Bogdanovich or some combination of a couple of the Jazz veterans. And it makes a lot of sense for the Lakers. If you're if you're LA, you have to be trying to compete right now. You've got LeBron and how many years does he have left? We we don't know. But he's still LeBron and you've got Davis, but you don't have a lot else. So you need good NBA players and you don't have a point guard. You don't have a good point guard. I guess you have Patrick Beverly now, who is a good point guard, but he's not a he's not like a floor general. Yeah. And so it would make a lot point guard. Right. Yeah. Beverly is a great um role playing point guard. But if you want if you're the Lakers and you want to get better, a package of Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich makes a whole lot of sense. 
it sounds like those talks have basically cooled down to a standstill where it sounds like maybe the Lakers don't want to give both of the picks that they can give and the Jazz aren't going to budge on that. So maybe that doesn't happen. But it takes a team like that to get Mike Conley, someone who needs his skills. And I think someone will show up. I just don't know when. He could be on the team all year long. Um, but once there's a trade that makes sense that we can get a pick back or a young prospect, I think the Jazz will jump right on it. Yeah. The there's the big problem with Mike Conley is that he's making $22 million a year. So this year, this upcoming season, he's making 23-24, he's making 24. If Conley was not making 24 next year, I think he'd be a Laker right now. Because the issue with the Lakers... And just talking to um, Anthony Irwin, they are trying to clear their space next year because a certain point guard in Brooklyn wants to go to L.A. And they are like, they are not bringing on salary next year. They do like Bojan, apparently. Um, but they are trying to like, if they're bringing on players, you either need to be an elite player or your contract falls off. And so that's part of what makes Conley difficult to trade to L.A. But what my prediction is, I think Conley is moved by trade deadline. I think there's probably a team out there that wants because Conley is a is still a high level shooter, still a high level offensive player when he's playing off another star. And so I I could see a team like maybe the Boston Celtics have another injury because they've already seen someone like Gallo go down. Maybe. You know, maybe Derek White goes down or something like that. Or Mel maybe Malcolm Brogdon gets hurt or something like that. And they want that, like, other piece. I, I could see him being traded to a team like that. Some team that has some sort of injury or underperforms. I mean, honestly, the team that I kind of look at with some of our players, like, I think Denver might be interested in some of these guys. Like, Boyan Bogdanovich would be perfect for the Denver Nuggets. Or Mike Conley as like a off-the-bench point guard that can play off of Jokic. I mean, that's perfect. I mean, Conley played off of Donovan Mitchell, and I really think he evolved and can be kind of a guy that just plays off of a star and hits threes at a 40% clip and can play make as a secondary. I mean, he's a, still a nice player. I don't know if the defense is there anymore, but offensively he can really – be helpful i and maybe i'm just being hopeful because i want to <laughs> but we'll see someone's going to talk themselves into mike conley as my prediction by trade deadline. yeah i think that there's a team that'll that'll want him and i'm i'm much higher on conley than consensus but uh i think whoever gets him will be happy with it that 22 or 24 million is not as big a, as this year as it was three years ago there are a lot of players in the league making around that much, and it's a pretty tradable contract at this point, um, especially as years go down. So if someone wants to wait until next offseason, it's, it's not a bad contract. And so he'll be traded at some point. I hope he can go somewhere that he can be on a really good team that needs him. Um, someone like Dallas could make sense. But um, – mm -hmm. We'll just have to wait and see. That one, like I said, Conley doesn't fit all 30 teams like someone like Bogdanovich does. And so there just has to be the situation that comes up. And so we'll have to see who who feels like that's what they need. Well, and I will say, uh, 
I'm not going to hate on Conley too much, but I don't think Conley is going to make the Jazz too good. I think the defense is not there. I mean, Conley led the Grizzlies into a to picking John Morant. <laughs> so I'm okay with him playing with the Jazz and being kind of like it's just there's going to be some awkward moments this season where we have vets playing with young players and I think Conley's going to want to be moved. Um yeah, that is going to be an interesting one. I think uh, there's a one thing to remember is that every really bad team has some good players or almost every yeah. really bad team. The like when teams tank, it doesn't mean that they have no good players. There's all you can look and see, you know, whether it's the Thunder last year, they have Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's legitimately an all star level player. He's just on a bad team. Or, you know, whatever team you want to look at, there's always good players. One or two good players by themselves can't make a team, you know, a playoff team. There has to be a really solid team around them. And so you can still have a Bogdanovich on your team, but if you have all of these guys, maybe we're too good. If we've got a couple of them, I think we'll still be a pretty bad roster. So you well, just you can have some talent. You just can't have a full <laughs> roster of talent. Well, and I think one thing, one of the things that wins lots of basketball games is having a top 10 defense. And the Jazz are just not going to be a good defensive team next year. They just are not going to be. And Conley, at this point in his career, is not um an elite point of attack defender so um i but i think you're right i think he has a lot of value and i think someone out there there's going to be a team that's going to panic and they're going to want an a a, you know veteran point guard and conley's great um the other guy i want to talk to before we finish is and he's pretty interesting i think we kind of forget he's still on the jazz malik beasley uh he is still just 25 years old he had some pretty elite shooting numbers last mm-hmm. season. Um, he is definitely worth, worth a first-round pick. Um, whether it's a late first-round pick, I don't know. But I think they're, I think the Jazz likely could get a first-round pick anywhere from like 16 to 30 um, from one of those teams that's competing. Like I could see like the Sacramento Kings saying, take our pick next year. We would love to have Malik Beasley. Yeah. Um, there, there's going to be teams out there that – and he's young. He's not. Let's see. So I'm just gonna do a quick glance. Uh, last season, man, he has more career. He has more experience than you'd think, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shot last season 37% from three in a down year. Um, the year before 39. The year before 42. And he's consistently been in the high 30s, low 40s. He is an elite shooter. Uh, and so I think he has a lot of value. He's 25. Um, there was the off the court stuff that was frankly kind of crazy. Um, and so that's kind of where he's at. But I think if he kind of rehabs his, his image and can kind of show that he's um, kind of a stable NBA player, then I think he has a lot of value. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets actually some minutes, but, that's an interesting one. I don't know if he's going to be on the roster or not come tra- training camp because the numbers are there. Like it's just any team. I he is like an elite sixth man candidate to me. Um, yeah, it, the Jazz roster right now has a whole lot of guards and not a lot of centers, and so yeah. <laughs> there's gonna have to be some 
some mix up or someone's going to have to be sent out. I mean, like we talked about Conley and Clarkson are, you know, on the block. We'll see when they get traded, but there's a lot of young guards that are going to be trying to get minutes here. And Beasley is probably the best of them right now. Beasley and Sexton are probably the best current players in that group. And so, you know, the, they're, these young guys, a Jarrett Butler or an Abaji, they're going to have to be fighting against some legit NBA players to try to get minutes. And so it, it's going to create hopefully not a logjam, hopefully just some he- healthy competition that makes players step up their games. But right now there's a lot of guards and not a lot of minutes. And so mm-hmm. um, Beasley is an interesting one. Yeah, I forget that he's only 25. I think of him as as an older player, but he's not. He's still you know, showing what he can be in the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's going to want minutes. Like I think his agent is going to want him definitely because he has proven NBA offensive talent. And so I, he's kind of perfect for the Lakers to be honest, because his contract this year is 15. Um, Next year it's a team option. So He's an expiring, so he is a. I mean, that's a valuable contract because he can go, and another team. I. It's just, he's got Lakers written all over him. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't be surprised if talks come back. I. It really sounds like right now the Lakers are trying to get the in the Indiana deal. They want Miles Turner and they want Buddy Heald, which they should have traded for Buddy Heald instead of (laughs) Westbrook. Anyway, (laughs) comedy of errors with the Lakers is wild. But I don't think I don't know what Indiana wants to do. Uh, Zach Lowe made a good point. Like the owner of the Pacers, who, by the way, if if people don't follow the Pacers, one of the stingiest teams out there. Like they trade players so they don't go over the cap. They're one of those teams. That's why the, and it's not always a bad thing. But like you can just count on the Pacers to not like go into the luxury tax luxury, and so. They're, they're always going to be kind of one of those competing teams, but they're never going to be like, you know, we're overpaying this person. Anyways, uh, I don't know if the Pacers are going to trade those two guys. That, like, like the, the owner's like 91. If he trades those players, he's going to die before they make it to the playoffs again. Literally. <laughs> like, and I, you just, it's, every NBA trade has to be signed off by an owner. You know, the Donovan Mitchell trade, Ryan Smith had to sign that dotted line and say, yes, I would like to. That's just how it goes. It's just interesting to think about. And there are trades that go to owners and the owners say no. And there's trades I know of with the Jazz that went to owners and they said no. And like it's it happens. And so if if the Indiana thing doesn't work out and Indiana decides they just like to keep those guys, then maybe L.A. calls us back and says, all right, let's make this. Let's figure this out, you know. I don't know. One thing's for sure, and and I think we're probably good here for time. Um, this is going to be an a season that is going to for a team that's going to lose a lot of games. It's going to be one of the more interesting seasons I've ever seen because we will be having trade players traded every other week. It feels like we'll have new players coming in. Somehow they have to like <laughs> coalesce with what everyone else we have. The Jazz roster is between 17 and 19 players now. It is just like 
<laughs> it's like giant question mark everywhere. But what I do want to, what I'm excited to see for my me is I'm excited to watch Ochayabaji. I'm excited to watch Walker Kessler. I'm excited to see if Fontecchio and Markinen, how good do they look? Or is it more just a Euro thing? Um, or does it translate? And then all of a sudden, do we have this like pair of like big three, four wings that can shoot the lights out? And I don't know. It's going to be a fascinating year. And I'm going to root for us to lose. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Calvin? I think it'll just be fun to see how everybody on the team is trying to prove themselves from the coach to the rookies. Everybody is, you know, just trying to show that they're worth it. And so it's going to be hopefully really fun. I always have fun watching the NBA, watching the jazz, no matter what stage they are, because there's always something to get excited about. And at this point we're this is time to get excited about the young guys and see who, who can be the one that we, uh, stand for and get on their island um i'm excited to see who i who i latch on to will probably be within the first week of the season that i'll choose my my new favorite player and so um it's going to be exciting to see how these young guys do and who's going to step up and um this is going to be a wild season uh, i just can't wait for it to get started yeah so utah jazz training camp sorry just to end on this, is coming up. It, I saw the Toronto's starting September 26th. So, oh, look, SLC Dunk at the top of Google. Dope. Anyways, uh, we'll find out. But it's like it's looking like training camp is going to be in about a week, week and a half. Basketball is coming back. And so it's exciting. Guys, if you haven't already, um, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure that you just leave us a review. Um, Give us five stars, please. Don't say mean things, okay? Give us five stars. Say it's great, okay? Do it right now, actually. Get on your phone. Click on the thing. Go to the thing and give a five star, okay? If you're on this podcast or on the video, please like and subscribe. That'd be great. Uh, thanks, Calvin. That was fun. Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's do it weekly. Awesome. Yep. Talk to you next week. <laughs>